All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm Hunter, and with me is Gretchen. And on this week, uh, week two of Horrorfest 2022, mm-hmm. we watched Poltergeist, which was my movie. And what mm-hmm. was your movie? The Exorcist. The Ex- that's right. We decided to uh, change it up a little bit. The first episode went a little long. We didn't really like how we did it. So this one, we're, we each picked a movie. And we're gonna just do a big uh, do a synopsis about it, and then I'll talk about my movie. She'll talk about her movie, and then we'll talk about it. All right, so let's just get into it. <clears throat> so the Poltergeist came out in 1982, rated PG, which is surprising to mm-hmm. me. Um, but I have a fact about that. <laughs> it was two hours long, and we watched it on HBO Max. But this is Poltergeist. It's a strange and creepy happenings beset an average California family, the Freelings. Steve, Diane, teenage Dana, 8-year-old Robbie, and 5-year-old Carol Ann. When ghosts commune with, them, commune with them through the television set, initially friendly and playful, the spirits turn unexpectedly menacing. And when Carol Ann goes missing, Steve and Diane turn to a parapsychologist and eventually an exorcist for help. So I, I'm sure this most people's watched this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. It's good. Um, yeah. I've watched it many times. But what did you think about the movie? I liked it. I think this was only my second time to watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched it last year, probably. Yeah, I think it, we did all the way through. And so this time was a second, like my second time. I think I might have seen bits and pieces of it, but never really sat down and watched the whole thing. But I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. This one actually it got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, if that means anything. I can't yeah. decide if Rotten Tomatoes means anything or not. I don't know. Um, it's directed by Tobe Hooper. But it is a story about uh, from Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. which I got some stuff to talk about on Steven Spielberg. Um, to start off, I found uh, some interesting facts about this movie um uh like i said the word poltergeist comes from german poltern which means to knock and gast which means spirit so it it translates to knocking spirit Mm. um i thought that this it was like the chicken and egg of which came first if it was like did they make the word up for the movie poltergeist or was it like used before in history? Oh yeah. Turns out it was. It was known before the movie. The first reference of the word was in the 1700s. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty interesting. Did you look up like the definition of poltergeist? No, I just I just uh, looked up the uh, the word, like the broken down word. Oh yeah. Knocking spirit. Because I just know like like all the different spirits like have different, you know, there's. They're called that for a reason. Um, so, like, a poltergeist is different from a ghost. It's a different kind of haunting. Or if it even is considered a haunting, like, they touch on that in the movie, I guess. Okay, here it is. Yeah, I found it. Okay. According to the dictionary, it is a ghost or other supernatural being supposedly responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being thrown around. Okay, yeah. Which is pretty That's what much I the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, this movie is... It's just so good. It's something about it. I don't know. This is definitely the best movie I think we've watched so far. And I think it's going to be up there. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be up there for me. (laughs) I thought thought the acting was really well. Yeah, it was. Especially uh, the young girl, Carol Mm -hmm. Ann, was really good for a five-year-old. Yes. And we'll talk about her. So, um, like I said, this is Spielberg's in the project itself wasn't supposed to be just a movie, a single like movie to start a franchise. It was supposed to be a uh, sequel to Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind and then develop into its original story. Yeah, I didn't know that. It was cool. And uh, Spielberg approached Stephen King to write the screenplay but never got anywhere because they couldn't agree on terms, <laughs> which uh, sounds about right for Stephen yeah. King. 
uh, right here, it says the original film came from a true story in Denver in the late 1800s. The city was was building a park on top of a cemetery, and the contractor only moved the headstones but left the bodies. (sighs) Which is, uh, you find out in the movie that everything's happening because uh, the man, Steve, is that his name? The, the husband yeah uh, is like a salesman mm-hmm. for these new houses going up in new uh, suburban areas and they're li- he's living in his own he's living in a house that they built while he's selling the other ones and uh, apparently they just moved the headstones over a giant graveyard and didn't bother with the bodies and built all the houses on top man that's uh, just asking for mm-hmm. some bad news. Uh, after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Spielberg was impressed with Tobe Hooper, who directed this one, and decided to hire him directly. Okay. So, with the same uh, same director as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is on our list. Yes. So, he directed... Tobe Hooper, yeah. Tobe Hooper. The same one. And Steven Spielberg produced it. Yeah, he... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get in that. So, okay. Um, okay. Another long premise of uh, uh, resisting rumor is that Steven Spielberg secretly directed this movie. Okay. The rumor uh, alleges from Spielberg, Spielberg was unable to direct both this movie and E.T., which he was doing the same year. Oh. Yeah, due to that. the DGA rules. Uh, so that uh, Tobe Hooper was just a figurehead. Obviously, Spielberg was very involved with both the screenwriting and producing, but the rumor itself came from a reporter who was visiting the set. Spielberg was quoted as saying, Hooper wasn't a take-charge kind of guy. Many fans took this to mean that he was directing the movie, the entire movie, when he act, when in actuality, it's not uncommon for the producer to step in to direct a scene or two, but years later, Spielberg took back his quote and stated that Hooper contribu- Hooper's con- contributions were invaluable. Mm. So, uh, um, so what this movie, like, one of the main things this movie is, uh, clowns? Yes. The you love clowns. I, I hate clowns. Big fan of clowns. I am not a fan of clowns. That's why it is not on our list. Yeah, she wouldn't do that. I tried. Mm-mm. I tried. Mm-mm. But uh, so it's clowns and then storms. That's another big okay. part of it. Yeah. Where it's storming the, tornado. the tree outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of these things came from Spielberg's childhood fears. He was scared of. He was afraid of clowns and trees outside his window at night, which were Robbie's. Yeah. That's who. That's what Robbie was scared of. The little boy. Um, so back to E.T. Do you know who the little girl is in E.T.? Drew Barrymore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Spielberg wanted her to be Carol Ann Ah, in this movie, but she couldn't. No, that would have been too much. Yeah. Uh, so he decided to cast her in E.T. Oh, okay. Like he wanted her to do. Both? He wanted her to do this one. Okay. Uh, but decided, uh, to put her in E.T. instead. So, uh, when they bring in the medium. Does uh, the Zelda? Her name's Zelda Rubenstein, little short woman. Oh yes, that, yes, that yes. helped him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was hired because she was a medium in real life. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So back to the clown. Uh, in it, about three quarters of the way, the clown chokes Robbie. Yes. Perhaps Ryan chokes chokes him. Yeah. Uh, because it, it like disappears from the chair, and then he looks under the bed, and it's behind him when he raises it up, yeah. and chokes him. Mm-hmm. So that was an animatronic malfunction and actually started to choke him. Oh, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you're going to get into, like, it was the movie set haunted yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. But I remember hearing a story on that, and that was one of them. Like, one of the things in it of was the set haunted. Yeah, when it, when it happened, it took the crew over a minute to realize that the screams of terror was actually genuine of Robbie. Because he was getting choked. That is terrifying. Yeah. I don't know whose idea it was to use a robot to yeah. choke some, like, I don't know. I don't know Stay either, but what else would they have done, I guess? like I don't know, tie string, like, strings to its hands and cross them? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, maybe. maybe that might have been too difficult. That. Anyway. So, um. And there's our dog. There's our dog, yeah. Um, you'll probably hear him barking at nothing. Yeah. So, uh, also when the, um, 
para psychot psychot what is it para para um psychiatrist para no 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 she was a what was she she was a reporter was she yeah she was a reporter but para something yeah she was para, she was uh she was like the only one that would believe them and she wanted to come in yeah, and study and she was like filming it para yeah she something. Uh, um anyway one of her assistants, when they're staying overnight, is when he starts to see stuff like the uh, the uh, meat uh, crawling across the counter. Oh yeah! And then mm-hmm. he's eating the chicken wing, oh. and all of a sudden, the chicken wing's got gnats all over oh, it, gosh, and yeah. he freaks out. And then he goes mm-hmm. to the bathroom and to wash it out, wash it, and then he looks up in the mirror, and then his face starts to melt off. Yes. In his hands. Yeah. Ripping off his. Yeah. Ugh. Which the. Uh, <laughs> Prosthetics and stuff weren't great. That wasn't very I'm good. I'm sure it was for at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty cool is that was Spielberg's actual hands doing that. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. It was just a... Why did they do that? He just, just fake, wanted... He wanted to... I guess he wanted... He probably couldn't convey exactly how to do it, I guess. Yeah. But that was his hands that, that was actually ripping the uh, fake skin off of the animatronic. Um, also, one of the another big things is... uh. Which this all started when they start to dig the pool, pretty much. Which <laughs> makes kind of sense because all the bodies are buried oh, in yeah. the ground. So they're, mm-hmm. so they're digging the pool and people keep falling in the pool. Every storm it comes. And, uh, but the, uh, the wife, uh, Jo Beth Williams, was so nervous to shoot the pool scene when it was raining with her in the water <laughs> because of all the electrical equipment around. Uh, to assure her fears, Spielberg got in the pool himself while they were doing it. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty valid fear. Yeah, I think I was... I'd be scared as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you'd have all those bodies mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back to the uh, PG. Remember, we surprised that it was PG. Yeah. Well, uh, upon the first review, the MPAA, which gives the ratings to movies, gave it an R rating. Mm-hmm. However, the producers uh, contested this and were able to get it changed to PG, but only because PG-13 didn't exist for a few more years. Oh, okay. So there was no no in-between between between PG and R. That's a big jump from PG to R. Yeah, so that was the only reason. And I don't really think it should have been rated R. So I guess, like, I can see the contest, like... Yeah, it was definitely a PG-13, but there wasn't time for it, or there wasn't a name for it yet, I guess. I don't even remember a lot of cussing or anything like that. It was really just the idea, the concept it was portraying, I guess, mm-hmm. was, yeah, there should have been PG-13. Yeah, there wasn't. There really wasn't. Maybe a few words here and there, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nominated for Best Visual Effects and Best Original Score at the 1982 Academy Awards. But guess what it lost to? What? E.T. Oh, no. Yeah, but lost both of them to E.T. Uh, the film grossed 121 Point seven million dollars, and it the budget was only ten point seven million dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. It remains the highest grossing film for Tobe Hooper's career. Tobe Hooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we are. We're, this is the curse. Okay. So I'm the excited. long rumored to be cursed due to the tragic deaths of Dominic Dunn, which was the teenage daughter, uh, who was killed by her ex boyfriend. Uh, yeah. In real life. Yeah, in real life. Oh. She okay. was killed by her ex-boyfriend uh, um, within five years later, I think. It might have been the, that same year. And then Heather Ro- O'Rourke, which was Carol Ann, the little girl. Yes. So during uh, during the... But she didn't... She didn't die after the first one. She died after the third one. She was in all three. She was in one, two, and three. Okay. Yep. So during the filming of Poltergeist 3 in 1988, she suffered flu-like symptoms. The f- symptoms were a result of... Con- Congenital intestinal stignosis, which is just a blocking in her intestines, which ultimately claimed her life. They didn't know. They couldn't. They didn't figure it out. Yeah. How old was she? She was. Uh, she was ten at the time okay. she died. I knew she was, she was five so when young. she filmed the first one, and uh, she died in eighty two or eighty eight. Mm. So yeah, ten. They say it's haunted because a common. They recently, or a common reason cited for the film's alleged curse is the fact that real skeletons were used during the pool scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that so just she gives was, me the She was swimming down there with a real skeleton. I've heard that, like, a lot of movies used to do that. Yes, here it is. So, 
it's it's true because uh real human skulls were often cheaper than creating a realistic looking fake one and many films have been using them for many decades so it wasn't out of the ordinary so that kind of debunks that yeah is a reason but during production Jo Beth Williams which was the mom claimed that she would come home every day from filming to find her pictures on the wall all crooked Oh, don't like that. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> that is, that is creepy. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Which I feel like, though, like, if I was in a movie like this, I would be on high alert. Like, I feel like I would notice, and I'm not saying, like, you know, that's creepy. Like, you probably do know. Like, I'm sure she went in and fixed them, and they still were crooked every time. But I feel like I would, like, feel people watching me and following me and... Yeah. Like, I would see things that weren't there just completely, like, yeah, in, your head, in so my yeah. head just mm -hmm. because of doing a movie like this. For sure. Um, I was looking into uh, Heather Roark, which was Carol Ann, but I found that uh, fellow cast, cast members said that she could memorize 60 pages of a script in an hour. Oh, my goodness. And at she, five years at old? At five years old. They said that she had a common pre calming presence on set. Yeah. She said that they would go to a table read where they all circle around to read through the script before they actually do the filming. And she would just be sitting there, just calm. And she'd already have it all memorized while everybody was trying to flip through and back and forth. <laughs> you know, like you can kind of tell that calming. Yeah. Like whenever she she's like in that. the movie, mm -hmm. she was like that in the movie. But yeah. that's insane. A five year old being able to do that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, and she said, and they. And Carol Ann said that she was only afraid during the filming one time. Mm. And that was during the uh, the scene where everything gets sucked into her closet and she's holding on to the uh, bed yeah. frame and it's bending. Yeah. She said that was the only time she was scared on set in the movie. <sighs> uh, one of the things I wrote down that uh, I think I like about this movie is like it had almost comedic timing at the beginning. Like when they... the, the uh, the family like realizes what's going on, but like for example, when the the de they were bringing in the people to investigate or whatever, and he would say uh, something about the guy was like, "I once videoed this Matchbox car roll across the living room. Yeah. And it took a total of eight hours to go five feet or something like yeah. that." And then he goes, "I caught it on camera." And as soon as he says that, something in the background just like moves across the room. Yep, yep. Or uh, the time that the uh, the husband's boss comes over because he's been missing work after Carol Ann goes missing to see if he's okay, and then he's walking through the house and he like turns him real quick and the piano flies across the room. Yeah. So he can't see it. Yeah, I did uh, like that. Yeah. And that guy was so excited about his car that he caught, and it was like he said it was like in a. Um, slow mo or not slow motion, but like it was like in a six hour reel. Yeah. Like where they put it together in the yeah, little it was like a cart. Time lapse. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the dad said then, but it was funny too. Uh, I think he said something like, uh, Yeah, we've got uh, something like that or something. And yeah. That's and when then something that moves moved, real fast. And he didn't get it. And the wife was like, You gotta be faster than that around here. Yeah. yeah that was funny. That was um, funny. I liked how, like, and also a little comedic and just. Like, I like how supportive the mom was. Like, and I guess, too, at the she same time. She yeah, was she first, was she was all like, this is in. cool. Yeah, and so whenever that first happened and the seats went, because, like, when she was over there trying to talk to the daughter and she was like, what did you mean by the TV people? Mm -hmm. You know, and then when the chairs did that, she immediately turns around and looks at her daughter and says, is that the TV people? Like, mm -hmm. that, it was just total support. And then when the dad comes home and she's been putting that helmet on yeah, the little girl. Yeah, she was, like, sliding stuff sliding across her. the... <laughs> he's like, yes. watch. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think... I think the that was, like, uh, them when they started building the pool was when things got so... Yeah, I didn't put that together, though. That makes sense, because they, I guess they disturbed... The dead, which you would think they would have built in the houses, yeah, too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I didn't catch on any other reason that it would have been, uh, which I guess they just technically moved in. So. Yeah, but it appeared like their house was a hub. It definitely was. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because he was selling all the other houses around and they 
it sort of caught on to that. Like, yeah. he was the reason. Or maybe, like, where their house was located was, was, the, cin- the, was the center or something. The center of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Um, Just very unfortunate. One of the things is when... Okay, so Carol Ann gets sucked into the closet. Mm-hmm. And she goes into the in-between, I guess. Yeah. Upside down for Stranger Things fans. Oh. Yeah, so she goes into that. And so they have to go back. When the medium comes at the end, she's like, we have to go back in there and uh, throw a rope or whatever and go in and get her. Yes. And uh, so they go in. The mom goes in to go find her. And the dad's holding on the rope. And he's like, I'll never let go. And then he let go. He let go. (laughs) But it was like it, it went through the closet and then it came out in the ceiling of the living room. Yes. So my thing was, I wrote down I was like, when they get it, they save or whatever, and they come out the ceiling of the living room with Carol Ann. They throw in the bath or whatever mm-hmm. to wake up, and there is pink stuff, yeah, all over them. I don't know what was that. I don't know. I wondered the same thing, like, cause like the other stuff, which the tennis balls did have that on there, but the stuff that initially came out of the ceiling didn't have that on there. Like how they knew that. That was an entrance point. Yeah, the the jewels, the locket, and the jewels. The, like yeah. I didn't have that on there. Now the tennis balls did when they did that, but yeah. I don't know what that was unless it was like I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of like intestine, like something like yeah, goo like inside, gunk. Yeah. Oh, what is that called? Um, XO. Uh, like that ghosts have I don't XO. Know, I, don't know um, what you're talking about. I wonder if that's yeah. I wonder if that's what that's supposed to be. I guess it could be. Like what is mucus, that like called? Mucus XM? or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Slimer and yeah. Ghostbusters when he yeah. goes through him and he's got slime all over him. I bet that's what it was supposed to be. I guess. Yeah, that may be it. I wrote down that there's a there's a parallaxing scene, which parallaxing you probably don't know what this means. Mm-hmm. Um it's when okay, there's a subject in the forefront of uh, the foreground, which is closer to the camera, and then there's a subject in the background. So this example was the the dad went upstairs. And he went and he looked down the hall towards the bedroom, Caroline's bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And a parallaxing effect is like it's a zoom. So, like the uh, camera will zoom in, or the z- camera will move forward uh, closer to the dad, but it will zoom out at the same time. So, it looks like the door is moving further away, but nobody, mm-hmm. like the dad's not moving. Yeah. It, that is actually a technique from Hitchcock. Uh-hoo. He created that. Uh, I love that effect. It's uh, it's like a real cool, like, eerie. Yeah. I don't know, like supernatural looking sort of deal. It's uh, it's hard to pull off, but they did it well. And I, long hallway door, it was just, it was a good, it was a good little trick. Another one was when the mom was uh, in the bed. They were coming for her, and they were mm-hmm. like holding her mm-hmm. down and lifting her up. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool shot. And then, but when she like rolled back onto the wall mm-hmm. and like she was like going on the wall and then the ceiling yeah and then uh i don't i couldn't find how they did that but i assume it's how they do most uh stuff like that which is they'll have that room built out to scale and then they'll they'll put on like a forklift and then they'll rotate the whole room glue everything down and they'll rotate the whole room and she's just Staying on the floor, but it's rotating, so it looks like, and the camera rotates with it, so it looks like she's going on the roof uh-huh. and okay. rolling. Yeah, I knew. I was hoping you would talk about that because yeah. I knew that was a cool shot. They do that know. a lot in Inception. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Was Inception. They do it the same, that's how they do it. In they Inception. do that the same way. They just yeah, they, okay. they build out the whole the whole room or whatever they're in, and then the whole thing can rotate. So is the person really rotating? You no, know, the person is the only thing not stuck to the ground. Like they glue everything and bolt everything to right. walls. So the person's actually so the moving. Per- perfin- person's actually rolling on the, mm. like through gravity. Okay. But it looks like she's defying yeah. gravity. Yeah. Okay. Because the camera's moving at the same rate as mm-hmm. the room. That seems like it would be hard to That'd keep hard it to, together and act. That would be hard yeah. to pull that off for yeah. sure. All the just the variables but uh they put it off pretty good mm-hmm. i couldn't i was trying to look for any things that uh kind of were like telltale signs but i 
they did a good job and I mean we expect nothing else from Stillberg. Honestly. Yeah. He's one of the he's one of the goats. Yep. So um like I said, I love this movie, but I wanna know what you're rating it. <sighs> okay. I will give it a four out of five. Four? Four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright. Alright. Yeah. I thought it was very good. I did think it like I thought it was okay, so if this isn't gonna make sense, but it makes sense in my head. Okay. I thought it was definitely above its time. Mm -hmm. But also it was dated. You think so? Yeah, I, I think so. It, I thought it was I thought it was for the it now, held up pretty good. I did think it held up. I did I definitely thought it held up, but like I don't know. Like you could tell it was an older movie. Well yeah. What is that at this point? It's 40 years old, exactly. Yeah. And it really didn't, like, it didn't scare me. No. You know, I mean, you like. You jumped it, pretty hard when the clown jumped up, so Okay, don't okay. One time. One time. But it was the clown, and it was because it did that thing where you think the movie's over, but it's not really over. Yeah, they're all like, yeah. it's in the decline of the yes. thing. They're safe. Yeah, you think you've had your, it's like the, what is that called? It's like the, the build-up, but you have like that first climax or whatever, and then. Um, you're going down the hill, but you, you think you're done, but you're not like, you still have the major climax and the yeah major. Yeah. They try to, they try to think you that the movie's just wrapped yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the, mm -mm. the, the big, big Which, shebang. Can we in. talk about why in the world they were still in that house? I don't know. If I get my daughter back, I'm walking out that door and you come back. I'm, I'm, we're not going to sleep in there again. No, I don't know ever. why they decided to, let's stay one more night. No, I mean, we're lucky if we stay and pack. Like, if we stay, I yeah. mean, maybe I'll stay and pack. Maybe I'll just get in my car and drive. He seemed yeah. to be making pretty good money. I'll just get in my car and drive and not worry about it. That yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, that might have been a time where, you know what, everything can stay. Yeah, everything. <laughs> like, I don't need this. For sure, I'm leaving that clown. Oh, yeah. When I leave. It's yeah. not going. No, it's not. Um, I give this a five. A five? That's my first five. Wow. I love this. I like it a lot. I think it, I think it has to do with, like, it's well done. Mm-hmm. It's not terribly scary. It's not focused on the scare no. as much as it's a, it's kind of, it's just a, it's could interesting story yeah um i like the part where you think it's over and then it's not mm -hmm. like it ain't even started almost um it's i mean it's creepy and it's definitely psychological yeah with some actual paranormal stuff but i'm a big fan um I would say I could watch this every, every Halloween for sure. Oh, I think I could too. Yeah. Like it could definitely be in my rotation for every Halloween. Mm -hmm. I like it. I do like it that much. And I like it a lot. It's just not a five for me, I don't it's think. Not a, not a five. All right. Well, that, that was Poltergeist. Okay. 1982. Now let's hear what you got. Okay. So I am so excited about my story today. It's about the exorcist. And... I must say, like, I love The Exorcist, the idea of The Exorcist, but I think this was actually the first time I've ever watched it all the way through. It's definitely the first time I've watched it. I, I've, I've seen the end before, and I thought I'd watched it all, but whenever I was watching it, I was like, no, I have not seen this. I don't think I've seen any parts of this. So, um, I'm going to start out, I have just a brief synopsis and facts from IMDb. So... This is known as one of the most profitable horror movies ever made. Mm. Um, this is a tale of an exorcism. It's based loosely on actual events. When young Reagan, who Linda Blair plays Reagan, mm -hmm. starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother, who's played by Ellen Burstyn, seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, played by Jason Miller, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism, and the church sends in an expert, played by Max von Sydow, to help with the difficult job. So this movie is rated R, mm -hmm. and they really did not want 
to be rated R. But really, yeah. But anybody Jeez. who has seen the movie, God, yeah. knows it's going to be rated R. Um, so it was directed by William Friedkin. The producer was William Peter Blatty. He was also the writer. Um, and we'll talk about him a little bit more. So the release date was December 26, 1973. It made $441 million in the Jeez. box office. Holy crap. It had a $12 million budget. In the 70s. Yeah. And so the runtime was two hours and two minutes. It was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Which is why it's on HBO. Yeah, so we watched it on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. um, it had a Rotten Tomato score of eighty four percent. Okay. So, a little background into this story. So, this movie is based on a novel written by William Peter Blatty, which was cool that he also helped write the movie. Yeah, that's neat. Um, so his inspirations for the novel were an exorcism that took place in 1949 on a 12-year-old boy. He's known with the pseudonym of Roland Doe. That's a great pseudonym. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and so um, it was also had some um, inspiration from the Ludon possessions of 1634. So the story, let me just tell you about it. Right. The story of Roland Doe, it was, um, so it was initially written about in Wall Street Journal. And then um, they found the diaries. Now, they found the unconfirmed diaries of the two priests that held the exorcism. Okay. So maybe they're the diaries, maybe mm. they're not. We don't know. Yeah. We think they are, though. So this took place in St. Louis, Missouri. However, William Peter Blatty heard about this story while he was attending Georgetown. Which so, is where it takes place. Hence the location of the okay. movie. So Roland Doe had been introduced to the spiritual world by his aunt that had taught him how to use a Ouija board. Mm. Hence mm. the Ouija board in the movie. Yeah. Once his aunt. It's never a good idea. No, never, never. Don't play with Ouija boards. Once his aunt passed away, he started experiencing strange things. And there were things like scratching on the walls in the ceilings. Um, he started like, Seeing water, like water would drip, drop out of mm -hmm. pipes and stuff like that. And he could hear them in the pipes, I guess, like a weird sound. I don't know. I didn't really understand that. Okay. Um, but his mattress would move. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So the boy was taken to many doctors, psychiatrists, and their local Lutheran minister. And all of them could not help him at all. So it was um, one Catholic. It was then suggested that the mother take him to. A Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. So, one Catholic priest attempted an exorcism, but was unable to complete it because Roland Doe broke a spring out of the mattress in his demonic state and cut the priest. Holy crap. Yes. The priest didn't die, I don't think. I think it was just a cut on the shoulder, but it must oh. have been enough for the priest to be like, I'm out. Yeah, I'd be out Yeah, too. I'm out. Um, okay, so in... 1971, an author of the name William Peter Blatty penned the best-selling novel, The Exorcist. And that was based on the unofficial diaries kept by the priests here were Halloran and Bodern. Mm -hmm. And then the book stayed in bestseller list for 54 weeks. Holy cow. And spawned the hit movie. So, um... And it sounds like... It sounds like they literally went off of those... I mean, that was almost spot on, one for one, of yes. how the movie goes. Yeah, yeah, and so like the Halloran and Bodern were the priests that completed the exorcism, and I didn't get into the. I mean, we could do a whole podcast over the story of Roland Doe, probably. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get into the deep dark web about it, but mm -hmm. um, so like it was basically an exorcist exorcism that took place over a long period of time that these two priests took on, but. It was like the one day, and I believe it was Easter morning. Mm -hmm. Easter morning. Wow. The night before, the demon apparent, supposedly looked at the priest and said, the devil will always be with you, and then passed out. And then the next morning was Easter, mm -hmm. and the boy just woke up like, fine. fine. And the boy continued to live his life as normal. 
We still don't know. There are rumors and of who the boy might be, but the, he has never come out and spoken about it or okay, anything so like that. He confirmed. went on. No, he went on to live a completely normal life. Wow. Now, William Blatty, I believe I did read that he did talk to some of his family members. So, like, he did talk to some people. To write the book. Yeah, to write the book. But um, he didn't talk to the boy himself. The boy himself has never come out and said anything about it. Um, he went on to live a completely normal life. But also part of the movie, like, during the exorcism, they could see, like, the scratches and everything. On the um, boy? On the boy, like, yeah. come up. That's crazy. So, um, although the scratches, shouting, spitting, and cursing of the movie mimicked what Ronald had experienced and the telekinesis, like, they said things would fly around in the room, like in the exorcist. Oh, yeah. The bed would like move. Mm-hmm. Curtains. But he never, there are no tales of him ever vomiting green like she did. Um, <laughs> that was, that was, might be the worst vomit I've ever seen. Yeah, and you know what, you won't believe this, but there are also no tales of the boy's head turning 360 degrees. I would, I would, I would not. <laughs> um, Which is, some would say, one yeah. of the scarier parts. Yes, very. And, um, nor did he ever use a bloody crucifix to masturbate. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot, wasn't it? That was something. So I was not ready for that. They took that. That was from the Ludon um, possession. Okay, so, so they could have mixed and matched. Mm-hmm. Them. Okay. So her reactions of like the sexual innuendos and the crucifix masturbation, and mm-hmm. then the um, cursing and all that, like mm-hmm. that when she acted like that, that was from the Ludon um, possession, which again. You know, I did not excessively research this. So just Mm -hmm. a brief synopsis of it was, it was a mass possession of Ursuline nuns in Loudon, France. A bunch of nuns? Yes. Mass. Like, I think it was 30-something. Holy cow. Yeah. So they were supposedly possessed because of Father Urbain Grandier was a devil worshiper, supposedly. Oh, so he was... But, so they went on to, like... Father Urban Grandier was condemned in the witch trials and burned at the stake. And now it is looked back on that they completely um, made up the whole thing. That the all Holy of cow. the nuns were in on it. And, oh no. Yeah, and just completely <laughs> but they would do that. Like they would they would gyrate and make sexual um, innuendos to the priest performing the exorcism and like do all you know, like they acted like that. But like was it they, just to get him killed? That's what's, um, that's what's thought of. But wow. after he was killed, um, it did not end the demonic possessions, so to say. So I think what I read was like it went on for like five more years after he was killed at the witch trials. But I don't know. It was thought that I don't know what the reason was. I don't know if it was just to get him killed. But it it is thought so they like now. Kept, they just kept it going. Yeah, it is thought now though that they were just making it up. Because um, they faked, they faked it. One reason why they think they faked it, faked it, is because they failed multiple tests. Like you remember, like in the movie The Exorcist, when they keep doing those tests on her. Well, they failed. The test that they failed was the knowing of languages. So like oh, where um, they she, spoke Latin. Yeah. But the nuns hadn't previously spoke Latin, so apparently they wrote that off like. Apparently, all the nuns had, like, gotten together and swore off Latin or something like that. And so, like, none of them would say, would speak Latin. I don't know. Like, it okay. was, it's a very interesting story. I would love to get into it more, read into it more. Um, but that is where the movie got its, um, the way she acted in a, denom- or in a demonic possession. Like, her um, activities, her sexual activities. Mm. So, um. So that's kind of the background of the story. So now a little bit into just like some facts. So in 2000, they released the director's uncut version called The Exorcist, a version you've never seen. Ooh, we might have to watch that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've, I've seen mixed things about it. It did really great in the box office. Mm-hmm. They released it again in the box office. And, you think they um, rolled the curtails? Yeah, kind of. Or the coattails? Kind of. Um but William, so director William Friedkin and the producer screenwriter William Peter Blatty had revisited The Exorcist, and they integrated eleven minutes 
Yeah, of scenes and images deleted before the film's 1973 release. They also digitally restored the picture and audio elements. Okay, so I could understand that. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there was like, apparently, like the opening scene in the new uncut version was it showed you Reagan's house. Whereas, you know how the opening scene, the version we watched, just started off in Iran or Iraq. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Did mm-hmm. they take that out? They, they took that out of, no, like, they you went to that, but there was a scene before that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was like freaking 10 minutes almost. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Yes. Why are we in Iraq? And who is this guy? Yes. Yeah, that was, I don't, and I don't really know if they ever come back and really t- pulled that back together. We didn't, you did end up finding the, uh. Um, the man. You figured out who the man was. Yeah. In, and you did end up finding the little, um. Uh, the thing he had, the like found, the art artifact he found. Yeah, you did find that after he had died. But yeah, um, it was, and it was like nobody said. I mean, it was like no dialogue. Mm-mm, no, that whole time it was just like him kind of facing his own demons. It was kind of like, or like the demons were after him. And I, and I didn't even know what like he was taking some pills or something. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, never showed, never. I mean, showed it once again, but it never yeah. explained what that was. Mm-mm. It was like something for, I guess, paranoia or... It could have been. Or shaken, I wonder. He was shaken. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, that when they released that, it did really well in the box office. Everybody flocked to it again. Um, But I did see a lot of things where, like, people were talking about how it was kind of just redundant. And Mm -hmm. um, But they they had been made to cut it because the film was too long. So, like, it was already at a runtime of two hours and two minutes. And so... um, they had wanted them to cut it to try to shorten shorten, shorten the movie. So um, another fun fact was many officials of the Catholic Church actually supported the movie. That's surprising. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people thought that the Catholic Church would be mad about it or kind of renounce the movie. But they didn't. Some people did, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them actually didn't because um, uh, the way they put it is... There were exorcisms in the New Testament, mm-hmm. so like it wasn't necessarily that they it were wasn't like fictional. It wasn't fictional, up. and then um, also like, and I thought it was a neat like, you know, they, the priests ended up being the heroes of the movie, yeah, and they did. so mm-hmm. it said um, it said that they had a spike of people um, wanting want to be nuns and wanting to be priests wow. after the movie. Yeah, that interesting. So I'll. Also, as you can imagine, it created somewhat of like a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, many people really believed the movie. Really Like it was believed. a real event, like a documentary yes. or something? Yes. I'm sure. And so, like, um, director Friedkin, he said that he would be, like, walking down the street with the actor, um, Dr. Jason, who played one of the priests, mm-hmm. and that um, people would come up to him and try to touch his jacket. And be like, and ask him to cleanse them or a family member and be like, I have a son. I have a son. And like, they, like, he would just be like, I'm just an actor. Like, stop. Please stop. That's terrifying. Yes. So, this is an, it's a very interesting story how they come, came to find Linda Blair. So, they were really, yeah. So, they were really nervous about um, finding their Reagan. I guess so. Yeah. She was. Something because they knew it had to be a young girl, but but what was able to do, yeah, yeah, what she was doing, yes. And so they had had like 2,000 people, um, 2,000 young girls that they interviewed. Wow, and um, Linda Blair and her mother actually showed up and um, they did not have an appointment and sat down. And she had just been in like some modeling jobs, I think, before. This was her first major acting wow. role. Mm-hmm. And so Friedkin asked, questioned her about what she knew about the story. And she'd read the book. Whoa. Yes. She read the book and told him. Good parenting, Mom. Yeah. Oh, it gets better. So she told him that um, the girl hits the mother across the face, pushes a man out the window, and masturbates with a crucifix. And to this, Friedkin said, questioned her as if she, if she knew what masturbation meant. And she said, yes, like jerking off. And like Whoa. he further questioned her and was like, do you know what that means? And she said, yes, don't you? 
Whoa. And like he First said, impression. like yes. And so like he like during all this, like he was looking at her mother, and her mother was smiling, like so proud of her. And so he and he quote said she was one of the young girls that I felt would not be destroyed by this experience. Jeez, yeah. yeah. So they um they said that they tried to keep it as light as possible for her. like when they would film those major um when they would film those major scenes like as soon as they would cut they'd have a milkshake for her and like oh, she'd smart. be laughing and stuff like over there and then for the um when she actually had to do the masturbation with the crucifix or whatever. Mm-hmm. She actually, they filmed it at an angle where her stand-in could do it. And I didn't read much about her stand-in, so I don't know that her stand-in, how old her stand-in was. Um, But her stand-in pretty much did that whole scene. Okay. Um, better. Yeah. And then another interesting fact about that is they um, couldn't figure out how they wanted her face to look. Like how demon possession. Yeah. And so do you remember that white face? that um came out the black yeah yeah that's initially what they had her face looking like really yes and so they caught like a picture of it and then they were like they didn't want to do that but they were like we'll just throw that in on that yeah um, that's a good decision yeah so they decided they wanted to go with like the scars and yeah it was almost like like her the skin was like um it was like it was swelling up like it was split. Yes. It was like her yeah. skin was splitting. Yeah. He had like studied the effects of gangrene and like what that looks like. Oh, um, wow. Decomposition of the face and everything and tried to incorporate that in her face. But I thought it was cool that they were like, hey, here's a good opportunity. Let's just throw that in there. Yeah. I mean, they probably worked on it hard. They probably spent some yeah. money on it. So. I'm sure. And so um, another just little fact is Max von Seidel, who was the... Um, the main, the big dog exorcist, exor- yeah. Um, the one at the exorcist. beginning and the end? Yes. Good guy. Um, he was actually 43 years old. Holy cow. Yeah. What? Yeah. His makeup took four hours every day. Jeez. Yeah. He looked 90. He looked like he yes. was about to die there on set. Yes. Um, Props. So I'm really excited about this. So the voice actor of the demon. Her name was Mercedes McCambridge. And the story of how he found her is really cool. Like, so he did not know what he wanted the demon to sound like. Like, he decided mm-hmm. he wanted it to be gender neutral. Um, scary, obviously, but, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't really grasp what he wanted mm-hmm. the voice to sound like. But he remembered this woman... And he sought her out. He remembered her from like dramatic radio that she had done with like Orson Welles. Okay. And um, he went and sought her out and got her to watch a rough cut of the film. And so she, when she watched the rough cut of the film, like she quotes saying, um, I'm just going to read this to you. This is from entertainment. Okay. So I'm going to quote this just because it's good. So after she watched the rough cut, she said, and this is director Friedkin saying this, do you know anything about me? What do you know about me? The director called her saying, she, she said, um, or no, I said only that you're a really great actress and I remember your voice from 25, 30 years ago. She said, well, I'm a practicing Catholic and I'm also a drunk. I went through AA and I've had many deep psychological problems and the church has been like a rock for me. It seemed like she was getting ready to turn down the project, but instead told him, I know what you want me to do for this voice. Then she added, if I do that, I'm going to start drinking again. Oh, God. And so she definitely started drinking again. To do the voice, she would drink raw eggs to get that mucusy sound. Oh, God. And then a necessity for her to do the voice was um, to drink lots of alcohol and smoke lots of cigarettes to get like that raspy. Um, method acting. Method yes. voice acting. Yes. So she would do that to get that throaty like croak. Mm-hmm. And then like it affected her so much. Like so when she knew, like she signed on knowing she was going to fall off the wagon to do this role. And one of her requirements 
was that two of her priest friends were on set at all times. Wow. And after she would have like a major scene, um, she would like run to them and just fall in between them and cry. My gosh, is it worth that? I don't know. Um, so like she would perform the scenes with her hands tied behind her back. Um, so like, I mean, the more I read about her, the more I was like, it, I think she might be the true star of the, Gee, she, <laughs> the yeah. I mean, Reagan, Linda Blair was awesome as well. But this, I mean, when I was reading about this, it was good. That's a whole new level. Yes. Yes. And so like, it just says like playing, playing the demon pulled up some long buried ones within herself. I'm sure. Gee. Um, and then there's some talks that maybe the set was cursed, but um, he said that he didn't believe that. Um, that really the only thing that happened was just stuff that happened on sets in general. Um, but, and then the last thing really I have for this that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and I'm sure a lot of movies do this, but I've never really thought about it. So it was like, so in the opening or in some of the scenes, Frog can put the sound of bumblebees. Because it elicits like a um, flight or fight instinct in humans. Because we're all, we have this subliminal fear of bees that we don't even recognize. And so he put that sound. Yeah, subconscious. Yeah. So he put that in there. That's stuff you don't think about. Yeah, it's stuff you don't think about, but it works. Yeah, that's cool. Um, And then there was a white face. that we talked about, and that was actually in the part where um, he was having, um, Jason was having that dream after his mother, where his mother, his deceased mother, yeah, um, and that face pic, but the funny thing was, is that face picture, the face pictured was never supposed to be fully recognized, because when it came out on VHS, like, you couldn't really catch it, mm-hmm. but... Whenever, or catch it, you couldn't catch it before VHS. Yeah, before you could stop it. Yeah, but now once you got it and you could stop it, you could see it. But it was supposed to just be that flash. Flash. And so, like, like your brain couldn't really make out what it was, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, like it it puts you in like a. It's like a. Yeah. You're like straight eagle. In an eerie state. That's a demon. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But, so that is. That is the exorcist. All right. Before we, um, I, I wrote some stuff down we should talk about is, uh-huh. um, I noticed just from a, a filmmaking point is it had a lot of long pan shots, which is just like a wide shot of a scene and the camera is panning left to right, yeah. or right to left. Uh-huh. And then somebody will walk into the scene. It's like one, one shot, real long shot. Uh-huh. It's it was I noticed that they used that uh, multiple times. I liked it a lot. It was so good. They had um they had a few uh, shots like uh, when the when the not the main priest but the main priest it was about yes. can't remember his name when yeah. the mother died. Yes. Uh, when he first goes to see her and then comes out of the room when he's walking downstairs, one of the shots is like the camera looking straight up the stairs. As he's walking down, and it's spinning as he's walking down. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, pastors and in, in like uh, priests in the bars drinking. Yeah, was yeah. that a thing back? Yeah, like, yeah. Smoking I and drinking, especially like in Catholicism, because like I remember when I went to um, Oregon, mm-hmm. um, we went to that brewery mm-hmm. that was at a um, church. What it wasn't a church. What's it called? An abbey? Yeah, an abbey. Yeah, so an abbey is um, the building or buildings occupied by a community of monks or nuns. Oh, okay. So it's like their dorm room that they were walking through. Yeah, so it was monks. In. Yeah, monks. and But it was monks, and then they would always start it by, like, reading the rites and, like, um, blessing with holy water. Like, somebody would do mm-hmm. that um, every time they open and stuff. Um, another thing is um, pretty early on. Which is when they're in the church or whatever. That one, that one uh, priest is bringing flowers in to get ready, I guess, for service or something. And they like defiled 
an a statue of an angel? Did it yeah. ever say anything else about that? Who did that no. or anything? No, it didn't. Um, I feel like so. I feel like that played into like what we we couldn't ever really we didn't ever get much into this, but apparently there was somebody trying to like they somebody... undermine the faith. The Catholic yeah. faith. Yeah. Because remember, that's why that detective came. And he talked about that to her, about um, the guy who was pushed out the window. Or pushed down the stairs. Pushed down the, well, pushed out the window down the stairs and stuff. And, like, he was telling her stuff about that, I think. Did they Maybe. think it was him? No. Um, I, I, the detective did talk about how he thought that it was uh, either a disgruntled person of the church... Yeah. Or a possible, but it was a priest yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Because remember, his head was turned around before he was pushed down the stairs. Yeah. And so that's why he was thinking it was, he, he his body looked very much like a ritualistic. Yeah. Um, like something had happened to him in a ritual or something. So he thought it was, it was like what you said. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that just played into that. It could have been. You know, and so, like, you were just trying, that was maybe, like, that was supposed to be, like, a red herring or something. You weren't supposed to. Yeah, they didn't touch on it Mm -mm. other than that, honestly. Mm -mm. Um, uh, I wrote down here, is just, this is just some of the stuff I found funny about it, is, well, the first thing is, when Reagan's first starting to, stuff's happening to her, like, her bed's shaking and everything. And she goes downstairs when she's having that party and tells that guy that gets killed, um, you're going to die from up there Mm -hmm. or something. Uh, And then she pees. like She's like almost in a sleepwalking state, but it's Mm -hmm. really a demon. It's pretty much a demon. And then she goes upstairs, and then she asked her mom. Her mom goes up here with her. She said, "Um, am I, what's wrong with me? Am I going to be okay? And the mom says, it's just nerves. Yeah, I, it's just nerves. <laughs> which I mean, that's so true to how people were viewed then. Like you know, meant, first of all, any mental disorder or anything like it's that, anxiety and nerves. Yeah, anything like that is just it's just nerves. It's just nerves. That's and, wild. Um, what can we talk about that um, procedure that she goes through? We never oh, did look up what that was. I, I but that had MRI to have been. Machine. Like an old Tommy MRI. Yeah, yeah. Or it was like wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Oh. I bet it was like a CT with contrast, it had and been, like yeah. that contrast. That's they what they're putting in they her shot neck. Contrast into into her neck, jugular or something. It was shooting out. Yeah, because they were trying to see like the vessels. They thought something was going on with her temporal lobe. Yeah, I don't know why she had. Did she have to be awake for that? I don't know. I mean, blood was just shooting out before he could get it in there. Oh gosh, it was horrible. And like, I just kept waiting for the demon to come out during those times and yeah. like just pull that out, and I could not have taken that. Yeah. But that never happened, thankfully. Mm-hmm. I wrote down is when the mom started hearing stuff in the attic. And yeah. she finally, she's like, it's rats or whatever. And then she finally decides, I'm going to go up there. And she has to reach a pole just sitting in the hallway corner to pull down the attic. Mm-hmm. I was just like, do you always have to have a pole? Yeah. I, I thought that was funny. Um, also, what did she find up there? Nothing. Nothing. She was walking around. With the candle or whatever. And then she thought she heard something move. And she was walking back. And that's when that guy that, I you know, that old man. that was Carl. Like, Carl was supposed to be like a, just a helper of the yeah. house or something. Came up and did a jump scare on us. Yeah. With a flashlight. Yeah, but that's another kind of, seems like a loose end. Like they never really talk about. I guess maybe that was just part of the demon, maybe. But. Yeah, I don't we know. We never really got into that. It's probably just from the stories of that um, Roland Dole where he heard stuff. Yeah. Just threw it in there, how it Mm -hmm. started, I guess. But it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, What what do you rate it? This is a five for me. Five? Uh, I love the story. I love the acting. I thought it it was scary. I thought it held, held up. So, quick side note, my dad can still, not to this day, watch this movie. He went to the movie theaters to watch it. And literally, he talks to this day about how her head starts rolling, starts turning around, turning around in 360. And he talks about how scared everybody in that movie theater was. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't I either. I can't imagine. Like, never seen anything like that. No. From a 
just in like a technology standpoint of being able to do that was probably not expecting that. That's crazy. No, and they freaked out. I'm pretty sure my dad left after that part, but probably did. Um, anyway, so when he would talk about this stuff, I really was not expecting this movie to hold up, and it did hold up to me. I thought it was good. I thought it was thought it was scary. I thought it was eerie. Like I said, I liked the story, the mystery. Yeah, I think it. I think it held up pretty good. It wasn't. Um, the, really, the only part I, it was hard to get past was the vomit. Yeah, it did not like, like it that. It looked like some Nickelodeon slime. It did. I didn't like that part. It was part. like bright green and thick. But yeah. uh, that was about the only part that really didn't. And it just came to me that's called cytoplasm. Cytoplasm. Yeah. I think that's in. I think that's in plants. Cytoplasm. Chloroform and cytoplasm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's cytoplasm coming out of ghosts. Uh, cytoplasm is the gelatinous liquid that fills the inside of a cell. That's not plants. That's human cells. Oh, it's cells too? Well, well, I'm just thinking of a plant cell drawing it a thousand times in middle school. But <sighs> Ectoplasm. 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 There we go. So close. Got it. Got it. It was a plasm. Uh-huh. Okay, ectoplasm. Yeah. I think I'm going to give this, I keep going back and forth on a four and a five, a four and a five, and a four and a five. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it's really good. And my really thing is, could I, would I make room for this to watch it every year on Halloween or around Halloween? I'll just do it. I'll say a five. It's good ah. enough. It's good enough to watch. Um, watch every year coming yep. around. It holds up fairly well. We're being almost fifty years old at this point. Oh yeah. Um, I liked it a lot, and I. I have to see if uh, maybe we watch it again another time if if it's the rewatchability is still there. Yeah. But maybe once a year, that would be fine. But I did. I liked it a lot. I feel like there's still a lot of the movie that I don't know, too. Like, I feel like rewatching it, I'll pick up on more stuff. Could be. Could be. Like, I still don't know why he was in Iran. I don't understand any of that part. Don't we don't know what he was taking. Like, But at the time, like, I feel like we just weren't paying attention to that. Because we were waiting on... don't know much of the backstory of the priest Mm-mm. that was, like, the psychologist. No, like, that uh, was hard, boxer, too. boxer being a boxer, I don't understand why. We that know that, like, he was, like, questioning his faith mm-hmm. and going through time, which was really weird that he was a part of the exorcist, exorcism because nobody questioning their faith is supposed to be mm-hmm. a part of an exorcism. I think that's why he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why he couldn't do it by himself. Yeah. And that's also why that main man kicked him out. And I didn't realize they talked about how they had to have permission. Yeah. They had to go through all this oh, and yeah. list the rule, like uh-huh. list what the symptoms or whatever. That the church had to approve. Yeah, they still do that. They have it's to wild. take it like all the. They have to take it um, pretty far to get. They can like they still go through this process today. Pretty sure. That's crazy. Yeah, they're definitely not as common, but I think they do happen. Like I think they're. I wonder how many exorcisms happen a year. I don't know. That's. I mean, I, it's it's really really hard to meet the criteria of the exorcism of an exorcism for an exorcism. I'm sure because I mean. I'm sure people just want attention to, yeah, top of it. And, or, like, and they have we have schizophrenia and yeah. different dis- mental disorders now that we have that, mm-hmm. and you have to roll all them out now, yeah, mm-hmm. which I think is good because I think like they used to do a lot of exorcisms on people who just had mental disorders I'm sure, yeah. that were untreated, like untreated uh, uh, mental disorders. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so that's definitely good, but that would be a neat thing to look into, like the. How many exorcisms happen today, and what are the what word am I looking for? What are the criteria? What's the criteria, criteria to today. have an exorcism performed today? Yeah. And who has to approve it? Like how far does yeah, it go? Yeah, how far up does it have to yeah. go? I bet. I mean, I think it's pretty high. Probably because I know that like they tried to put a stop to them because like it's kind of making a mockery, you know, out of mm-hmm. the faith and stuff like that. And they're yeah. like, it was a waste of time. A lot of people were just trying to do it, like you said, for an attention or. There were a lot of other things going on, but I still think they do it occasionally. Yeah, we may have to look into that. That'd mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, all right. So yeah, that was our two movies. Mm-hmm. I, I liked them both. They were I so did too. good. I did too. This was a good week. Um, I'm looking forward to uh next week. I can't remember what we have on the docket. 
Um, ooh. What is it? The Shining's on the next one. Oh. I'm a huge fan of The Shining. Yeah, so you'll be taking The Shining. I'll take The Shining. Do you want Sleepy Hollow? Mm, what's my other option? Um, American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London. That's what you want? Yeah, because, I mean, I that's the one that I really wanted to cover because me and you haven't watched it. No. And it's a classic. Yeah. Like, we've heard about it. Okay. So we'll put Sleepy Hollow off uh, for mm-hmm. another time. Uh, so uh, if anybody's wanting to watch, watch before we talk about it next week. Yep. Shining's on HBO. Where, uh, American Werewolf in London is on Prime Video. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it then. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.